I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome. To the First Cut Podcast, I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Tour Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What's going on, Rick? Um, I, I imagine you're fairly excited this evening. I'm... I do not. I'm tempered. I I watched last year as a six shot lead was punted away on the final 18 holes of the tour championship by a guy who is now playing like Tiger Woods and the number one player in the world. So I am tempered, but come on with this guy already. Yeah, I, I'm not sure you need to be tempered, Rick. Um, I understand it. You don't want to jinx anything, but I don't think you need to be very tempered because there's uh, um the guy that's the number one player in the world even last year and this year has a really big hole in his game uh, and, and it's a hole that leads to this kind of thing happening right it, it opens the door and i i don't see our beautiful boy having a, a hole in his game right now so it's it's, a, it's been really impressive well, our beautiful boy has a six-shot lead heading into the final round of the Tour Championship. 20 under par for Victor Hovland. 68, 64, 66 on Saturday. That was fairly clinical, Greg. And there was a time in the middle of this round when we were getting a, a cut to Scotty Scheffler missing a three-footer, cut to Colin Morikawa missing a three-footer, Cut to Keegan Bradley in the trees. Cut to John Rahm hitting it in, you know, hitting it, punching out from the rough. And Victor was middle of fairway, middle of green, roll the putts in. It was like he was playing a different golf course. It, it really was. I mean, this is a really hard golf course today. 
If you hit it in that rough, it becomes a real challenge. Uh, and there are actually trees at East Lake, which is nice. It, it penalizes wayward misses. And, and I think some of those elements and the greens are so fast, um, yeah. you know, some of those elements, they really reward and separate the players who are playing the best. And it's very clear right now that Victor Hovland is that guy um, and, and his ability to put the ball in the fairway, his ability to control his distances into greens his short game ability, which is really nice. And the putting is good. And, and he left putts out there today. Yeah. He, I mean, he missed. What do you have? Three putts inside 11 feet on the last three holes. 16. He had 11 feet, four inches for birdie. Missed it. 17. He had eight feet, five inches for birdie. Missed it. 18. He had seven feet for birdie. Missed it. This could be, right. this could be a nine shot lead. Yeah, and so it could very easily be a 63 with a bogey. And there was a couple on the front nine, too. He missed another eight-footer on the front nine. Um, it, there there were opportunities out there for him to go even lower. And, and that, you know, you're not going to make all of those. So this is a great round, uh, um, obviously. But the the thing that has really separated him is the ability and the control that he has off the tee. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of guys today um, had kind of double crosses going on. Rom and Bradley and Morikawa and even Scotty, yeah. right? I, I mean, they're they're hitting some uh, foul balls, and Victor didn't hit any foul balls. Um, so it, it's been tee to green, just a. Uh, wonderful performance and he's in a he deserves to be in this position it's very well earned it's great play we got the dreaded pop-up thunderstorm in the middle of the day (laughs) the you know the georgia summer pop-up storm that gives us a 90 minute delay as victor's pretty much rolling and i'm terrified greg because morikawa is the wheels are off colin and Victor is steady Eddie. And I've seen what happens in these rain delays where just things completely shift. But I was impressed that one, uh, Victor was on his own schedule, right? They gave him, hey, we're going to go out at whatever it ended up being, uh, 345 or 645 Eastern. Yeah, 645. Whatever it, whatever it Yeah, 645 Eastern. He was the last one out to the range, took his time, got out there and birdied the first two holes after the, after the uh, play resumed. And the first that uh, driving iron that he hit right out of the gate was just laser straight. So you got the sense right away that nothing changed. Okay. This guy's not, he wasn't rattled by it. Uh, and and that's part of the thing that I feel really confident about heading into tomorrow. This isn't just, you know, a guy that was hot and, and a little delay is going to throw it off. I, I don't think a, a night's sleep is going to throw this off. He's in full and complete control of, of his golf ball. And, you know, it's not like he's doing anything new. It's just, it, it's all working. It's all clicking. And I, I think he has the tools to, um, to put together a low enough score to win tomorrow. Even if, even if it's not clicking, like it has been over the first three days. You know, if it's just a little bit off, I, I think he's strong enough in every area to to get the job done tomorrow. 
Six shot lead over Xander Shoffley, seven shot lead over Keegan Bradley and Colin Morikawa, 18 holes away from $18 million. I will also point out that at this point, uh, Victor Hovland caught Colin Morikawa in the raw strokes gained category. So both of those guys are 8.3 strokes uh, better than the field. Xander is one shot behind. Keegan is two back. So with or without strokes, Victor is either tied for the lead or way out in front. Which, you know, I was thinking about that. There was a point where he passed Colin today, I believe. That is correct. And then um, Colin made, didn't, did Colin make a birdie? Yeah, he made a birdie on 16 and kind of got it back. Right, right. He actually, the rain delay helped Colin. Big he time. started in be much better shots after the rain delay. Um, but I, I was thinking about this as I'm watching, you know, what is the effect of the leaderboard? And if, if Colin had a, a six shot lead and all of a sudden it's gone. <laughs> is, is that a different attitude than, well, I was tied and now I'm, you know, I'm falling behind. It, does it change the attitude? Cause uh, you know, I wonder what the tension difference would be. And I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but, um, it, but it seemed like Colin was still in good spirits. And I wonder if, if this was a lead, a, you know, a massive lead that was crumbling, um, would that have, would that have changed things? So it was just, just a curious thought I had. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about Colin Morikawa now. So it was a three over, uh, 73. So he has shot 61, 64, 73 this week. He made a double on five, a bogey on 10 and 11. He did not make his first birdie until 16 and became his only birdie of the day. That's a seven shot difference between he and his playing partner, Victor Hovland. And I think you're right, Greg, this was going way far south. He was able to reset in that 90 minutes and took a lot better passes at the golf ball. You saw it, you know, it was a, it was a pretty decent start for him. The first four holes were fine. And then you see the double cross come out for the first time at number five. And then he, you know, has that shot over the bunker and leaves it in the bunker and makes double you know what that reminds me of he he uh, sometimes he gets these really so he lost like two and a half strokes around the green which is what he did um at the hero right didn't didn't oh. wasn't the hero when he was going to become the number one player in the world he blew like a five or six shot lead i think sam burns or i don't know somebody caught him uh maybe victor caught him and, and it was just like he just Every all these little grainy, chippy shots, he just he could not execute them. Well, and Kapalua was maybe um, that's what I'm. Yeah, maybe Kapalua that's the the grainy shots really got him. Yeah, um, and that's when everybody was talking about his technique and the bowed wrist and and all that stuff. So it was a, a different shot, and it, I think that this one had more to do with the situation mm -hmm. than a skill set. Uh, just situational awareness. Uh, he he took on way too much risk there. Uh, out of out of a lie like that, you have to you have to accept a part. You have to give yourself a par putt uh, because if you come up short, you're still short sighted and you're toast. All short sighted shots aren't created the same, but that's one of those situations where there's no way from the upslope in the bunker from. The rough on you're not going to get it close, so you you have to land that ball on the green. You have to err on the side of hitting it over. So the worst you can make is five. So 
but but the tee shot was really the um the tee shot was the first kind of chink in the armor that we've seen all week and then i think we saw a bad decision that led to a double and then we saw the tee shot at 10 was the same thing right it's a, it's another double cross and then he wipes one on 11 and and now it's like okay the the swing is falling apart then fortunately there's a tiny dot on the radar that happens to be <laughs> yeah, right over yeah. the only this little tiny green dot on the radar that is literally right over the golf course and nowhere else <laughs> you know i whenever i see a radar like that there's these little spots it's like well there, that's actually a place most of the most of the time it's not raining anywhere where you are but you, right. you just you check it out maybe you're playing golf you check it out there's like a little well that's somewhere in the world where it actually is raining <laughs> and how what is the likelihood that it's right over east lake oh, that was just a and it didn't even rain no it didn't there's a little electro electricity in the air and it, it got it got uh dark and cloudy but no it didn't actually dump any water did it right so, you know, you come back out and the temperature had changed a little bit. It got a little cooler. Uh, the wind, which seemed pretty light. I mean, I know Sepp Straka mentioned that it was windy. It seemed pretty light to me on TV from my ivory tower. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, <laughs> he's on the golf course. You're watching on TV. I, I, I'll take your word for it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it was windy. Um, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. But it, but you didn't get the benefit we usually get of coming back from a delay and it's really receptive, right? And, and the greens were a lot firmer today, right? And that's a, I think a big reason why the golf course played a lot harder. Yeah, uh, pretty significantly the most difficult uh, scoring average of of the week uh, thus far. We'll see what it checks in at on Sunday. So uh, we talked about that final group. Victor in at 20 under. Colin in at 13. Colin is in a tie with someone that I do want to talk about, but we're going to go to the man in second. Solo second, Xander Shoffley. 14 under par for the championship. 67, 64, 68. This was a two-pencil day for Xander, who made three birdies and a bogey on his outward nine, two birdies, two bogeys on his second nine. The uh, par or better streak around Eastlake continues. His great strokes gain numbers around Eastlake continue. And he is technically, though it is six shots, the closest to chasing down Victor Hovland. It, it, if your uh, expectations and hope with Victor Hovland is tempered. This man is the reason why. Because I'm not sure there's anybody. This is worst case scenario. Right. If, if you're going to have a six Rory, shot lead. The only thing that would be worse is if Rory and Xander were tied at 14 under. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, this this guy is to be feared. Because I think what, what, what did they, they said it on the broadcast today that four of his wins are from trailing oh, yeah. remember when he boat raced gary woodland with like a 61 or 62 and Gar gary was like oh i'm just gonna shoot a 65 and win this tournament and you look and nope they're handing it to xander yeah, gary shot five under it was at kapalua that was um yeah. he had a five shot lead and shot five under and lost <laughs> that's stupid and it didn't even go to a playoff right he lost yep. it was in regulation yeah because Xander shot 61 on a, a par 73. God. So, it, you know, he has that kind of capability. 
And and today's round, you saw the upside with all the birdies, and you saw a couple of missed opportunities. Um, Xander definitely left some out there, but also hit some incredible shots. Was it seven? Was it? Did he get up and down from a bunker at seventeen? Um, um, yeah, he did. That that bunker shot <laughs> should have got in. I mean, it rolled right over the lip. It, it was so tasty. Um, he hit another one on, it was before that. I, I want to say on, it was on 14. Yeah. He came up short, right in the fairway, had a tight lie and not a ton of green to work with and flew it onto the green. And it, I think Mark Immelman said, Whoa, <laughs> cause it landed. It just, it landed like a beanbag. You know, it was awesome. So he he's uh, fun to watch. I love when Xander's in the mix because I, I love watching this guy swing the golf club. couple of mistakes today, no question about it. But um, but all in all, considering that everybody was making mistakes today, this was a really good round from Xander. And he's not the guy I want in the rearview mirror here at Eastlake. No, no, me, me neither. But uh, we shall see. Okay, we are going to talk about uh, a couple of notables and we're going to talk about maybe maybe hopefully the most interesting storyline on Sunday. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. Uh, my hope is that Sunday is a very, very boring day with nothing of uh, real consequence happening other than a two-under round from Victor Hovland, which never puts him uh, in any risk of losing this golf tournament. But I think what I'll be very focused on is Keegan Bradley who is in a tie for third, 13 under, Greg, 70 on Saturday. Now, there's a couple of things at play here. Uh, first off, the payouts are ridiculous. So Victor at eight, uh, for, I already gave it to him. First place is 18 million. Second is six and a half. Third is 5 million. Fourth is four. Fifth is three. So there's like a million dollars or a million and a half dollars for every position you jump 
in that top five. That's part one. Part two is Keegan Bradley has been applying a full court press on Zach Johnson to try to get himself onto this Ryder Cup team via soundbite, via great play, and any other means that he could get himself into. Would a solo second be enough for Keegan Bradley to get on this Ryder Cup team? Well, I have been kind of waiting for somebody to take one of these spots. Yes. And, and I can imagine that, uh, that Zach Johnson has too. Now this is next week's going to be fascinating, right? Cause it, it, it seems like the Lucas Glover thing is kind of worn off mm-hmm. regardless of my opinions. Um, it, it seems like it's worn off. I think Lucas Glover was a guy that stepped up and, and, took one of those spots. Maybe he was just too far back to begin. Um, but the Sam Burns and the Cam Youngs and uh, obviously Justin Thomas. And I mean, we, were Fowler. Saying, we were saying if Denny McCarthy has a great playoff run, he could get in. Right, because it, it just takes somebody to say, you can't leave me off. Right. And right now there's a lot of guys that a lot of different people think should be on this team <laughs> and not really any of them have said, you have to take me. Uh, Colin Morikawa at this point has probably said you have to take me. Okay, but Keegan Bradley is one spot behind him in the points. Yeah. A mere, like, you know, 40 grand behind, might be 400 grand in those points, 400 grand behind and might have a better playoff run in him. I think that it it really put a good performance tomorrow, I think, puts Keegan on this team. Now, you will find this interesting. Earlier this week, um, on a new breed of golf, we had Todd Lewis on hmm. and Todd Lewis from golf channel is a reporter. He's not sharing opinion. He's talking about what the players are saying. And he's been talking to a lot of players about the guy at the very bottom of the screen, <laughs> Justin Thomas, <laughs> and he's no longer at the very bottom, but the general consensus, according to Todd Lewis is that the players think Justin Thomas should be on the team. Um, now, that throws another really big wrench into this. So J- JT doesn't have the opportunity to take a spot from anybody. But if all the players are saying that he should be on the team, he takes a spot from somebody. So Keegan's performance, I think, is really important. I, it's It's hard to leave Ricky off because he's a fan favorite and he's had a great year, but has he demanded the spot? I don't know. I I think Keegan has an opportunity tomorrow to, to demand a a spot on this team. So, so two, two things here. I personally believe Justin Thomas will be on the team. I, I, I believe he will be. I do too. I also believe that if Justin Thomas is on this team, it is criminal and I'll be flying <laughs> the European flag. What a fraudulent Ryder Cup spot this would be with all of these other great guys who, one, made the playoffs and, two, have had decent runs in the playoffs, had had by far better seasons. And then the captain, at some point, the captain has to be the captain and say, sorry, guys, I know you want your friend here, but I'm in charge. This isn't a democracy. I'm, I'm <laughs> the leader. 
Okay. Like, what are we doing here? Well, it's a good, it's a really good point because just, just because the players say that doesn't mean that that's what Zach Johnson thinks as well. I mean, Zach Johnson said, look, this is up, up in the air. So apparently that's what he told JT. Uh, and I'm going to have to make a decision at some point. Now, if everybody just kind of doesn't do anything and doesn't take the spot, then I understand putting JT on the team. Like, hey, Cam Young, you didn't you didn't demand it. Sam Burns, you didn't demand it. You had the opportunity. Ricky, I mean, I know that a 4th of July weekend or right around there, you won, but it's been kind of lackluster since. You didn't demand the spot. So if everybody's in this kind of stagnant position, I can see you putting JT on the team. But if you have Keegan Bradley sitting there, Colin Morikawa with his performance last week, again, I think he's on the team anyway. Yeah. Um, but but you have Keegan Bradley coming in here, finishing inside the top five in the Tour Championship, despite a, a staggered start. But he's he's at, what, 10 under? He's two back of, of Hovland and uh, Morikawa in raw scoring. But he shot seven under... Three under, even, so ten. Ten under. You know he's right there in the mix, and yeah, he's two shots worse than Victor Hovland is. Right, and Victor Hovland has boat raced this thing, and, yeah. and that's tied with Colin. Like, come. So I, I think he can. I think he could really demand a spot tomorrow, and I think that's important because not a lot of guys have. I've come, I cannot believe how I've come full. So I used to think Keegan was just like, and I also like Keegan and Zach Johnson are the two most like neurotic golfers on the planet. And like, they can't stop moving and they're like scared of everything and all this stuff. And I have come so far on Keegan that I am like standing for him to be on this team and he deserves it. And he would be such a good locker room guy and he'd be your fire yep. guy. And oh my, oh, I would love to be paired with him. Give me some yeah. Keegan. Oh, he's, he's great. I, I think um, with his interviews and some of the things he said, he's changed a lot off the golf course as he's gotten older. He's and mellowed matured. out a little bit. Uh, he's definitely mellowed out a little bit. But on the but watching him compete, he he hasn't like right. the the competitive fire is still there. I always liked watching it, so I can't say I've come full circle. I appreciate what the changes we've seen off the course, but when Keegan's in the mix. The intensity is the the pressure is high. There's some guys that are that that take a long time to decide, but it it doesn't raise the tension level. Yes, but guys like Keegan and yes. Jordan, right? It 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 like you feel like you don't know what what's gonna happen. Right. So tension rises, and I find I find it very entertaining. So I'm a I'm a big Keegan guy. Yeah, Keegan is flying up my power rankings of like guys to watch and guys to guys to root for. Okay. Um maybe the most surprising round of the day was Scotty Scheffler's 73. It was statistically his worst round of the season. He lost like three and a half strokes to the field. He did not make a birdie until his final hole of the day, the 18th. Uh, he had four bogeys on the card. It was uh, kind of weird, Greg. So the the putting stats are are not going to be that bad. He actually only lost a little bit with the putter, but that's because he made like three 12-footers for par 
uh, one for bogey. Yeah, late in his round. None of them were for birdie, and he missed a couple of shorties. Other than that, he lost two and a half strokes on approach, second worst in the field. And you mentioned that he started to get that double cross case of the lefts where he was just routinely out of position at East Lake, and this golf course was punishing him. It, um, for the first time today, I felt like this was the frustration yes. from the putting creeping in. Now, from a technical point of view, when you have lefts like that creeping in, you have this kind of heat. It's the last event of the season, a season where he's spent a tremendous amount of time in contention. Uh, and you throw a little frustration into the mix. And I could very easily go to fatigue over frustration. Cause that's what happens when, when your body gets a little tired and you're a fader in order to hit a fade, you got to be very uh, active with the body. And this is what we saw with Rory, especially in round one, uh, where all of a sudden he started to miss left because his, his lower body isn't engaged and you can't fend off the closing club face. So I, I could see that happening with Scotty because these were on Scotty like shots, but the look on his face said uh, frustration. So I, I don't really know which came first. But my guess is this is just a little bit of a fatigue factor, an uncharacteristic day. He had nine greens of regulation. I mean, he had a chance this week, according to Justin Ray, if he hit 62 greens, which is like a Corey Connors kind of number. Yeah, exactly. He, <laughs> he would have been over 75% of greens of regulation for the year. Which, which, which is like Tiger 2000. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. It's still incredible. But so you see nine greens of regulation for Scotty, and that's a uncharacteristically bad day approaching the greens. So it's it's somewhere it's fatigue and it's frustration, and they're probably related, uh, but I don't think it's a long term issue. My napkin math says that Scotty Scheffler is one out of thirty golfers in this field, so he represents three percent of this field. He represents 33% of the water balls on 15, uh, two of six by my quick math. That's not good. No. <laughs> so round one, he hits it left. Mm -hmm. Round two, they move the tee. Easy shot. In totally two. different shot. Yeah. Round three comes back and misses short right. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the shot in round one like like you, you consider the lefts that are happening throughout the day um and you consider where the the right the right way to play that shot is kind of flirt with the left edge of the green and use the slope to feed it to the middle of the green that way if it fade if you if you miss it a little right you got a lot of green to work with you have that little sideboard help um but my guess is he was a little afraid to aim up the left-hand side, which he typically wouldn't be. Um, but he's hitting some lefts that day. So all of a sudden he takes it on a little bit of a different line and does miss right. And it's in, it's in the water. I mean, it, the ball didn't land far away from where Victor Hovland's ball landed. On oh my Victor was right of the pit. Oh, was he, is he the only ball right of that? Let me look. Is this the only ball? That was dry. Um, no, there were, Okay, there were four, and everybody made the putt. Siwoo, Victor, Fleetwood almost knocked it in. Yeah. 
And yeah, was that on was that on the right side? It was well, inches away. The radar technically the radar says yes, right? Because it lands, you know, like 12. It looks like it's on the right side, 11 inches. It's more like yeah. right past it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keegan, Keegan was right and past. And then Siwoo and Victor were both in a kind of similar spot. What a shot Keegan hit in there, too. Oh my God. It reminded me of of uh Song JM at at the Honda. Yeah, oh, on 15. On, uh, yeah, 15. Is that the right one where, the right uh, hole location. Mackenzie Hughes gave him like one of these, right? Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. All right. Crazy. Um Scotty's nine shots back. 11 under, 20 under is the lead. Josh, let's see him. Let's see the betting odds. I know they're probably outrageous. Yep. Victor Hovland minus 1200. So, if you think Victor's going to win and you want to put and you want to win $100, you must lay 1200 uh, in that proposition. Xander Shoffley, the man closest behind, the man who loves to track you down, the man who loves Eastlake, 11 to 1. Colin Morikawa, seven shots off the lead, 28. Then you get Keegan at 45, Scotty at 70, Rahm at 90. Only, uh, those are the only golfers shorter than 175 to 1. Well, um, Wyndham Clark, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler are nine back. So that's a, that's out. Yes. If you wanted to, and, and you're not you're not betting Victor. No. Hopefully you did already. Yeah. Could if something happens, now the question is who's the best opportunity? Who, you know, who's the most likely to be there? And I gotta say it's Xander. Yeah, so you if you are betting anything right now, which you probably shouldn't, uh, you yeah, are you are essentially asking Victor to come back to you in if, some form or fashion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this golf course plays like it did today, sixty six is a great round. If Victor shoots even par, it's probably over. Right. I mean, it's not like. Kapalua, where you can go make a bunch of birdies. You know, this is, I don't know. There, There's not an, I, I just don't, I don't see it. So if Victor shot a 73 tomorrow and gets in at 17, now Xander would have to shoot three under, Keegan would have to shoot four. I, listen, if you want to just like throw a dart on Keegan Bradley to get into a playoff and steal this thing, cool. 45 to one with 18 holes to go, but I'm, I do, I would not bet anything here. Yeah. It'd be like purely, um, it's not financially wise. It's just for, you know, just for kicks, just for like, uh, Hey, in case, in case something crazy starts happening at a golf tournament, let me have a 45 to one ticket hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. I just think this is, uh, set up perfectly for Victor. I agree. He is, uh, he and Shay Knight are very routine oriented. They're going to stick to their plan. They're not going to let anything kind of disrupt the flow and, uh, probably, probably going to rock and roll. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any shots in his game that make you go, that are going to, you know, jar him emotionally. Right. Um, like a miss short putt, like you might see with a Scotty Scheffler or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in, in years past, it would be, a tight lie chip shot mm-hmm. you know usually these meltdowns if if they're meltdowns and not a 
I'm not included the Gary Woodland situation here, right? But if you see a, a meltdown where somebody loses it, it's usually because of one specific area. Short misses on the greens, uh, tight, grainy lies, like things that we've talked about today. Uh, a double cross off the tee that comes up at the at the wrong moments. I, I'm not, I, I don't see one of those areas being a potential for Victor right now. He had two tests today and he passed them both. Uh, birdied his first two holes out of the break, which could have gone in any direction. And then after he hit the worst shot of the day, which is his second on 14 left of the bunker, uh, he makes bogey there. He bounces back with a with a birdie on the par five, 15. So uh, to me, he those those were the two tests. He passed them both with flying colors. Yeah, and 14, he played exactly the right way. You know, he got out of position off the tee. It was a rare bad tee shot, and he didn't make the mistake of leaving it in the bunker. Right, he does the the best he can, and I don't think he could have done any better than what he did. So he takes a square and walks away, and I, I have no I have no problem with that. Anything else that we did not discuss on this Saturday that we should discuss? We covered we covered quite a bit, Rick. We did. I think we, I, I think, think we, we hit it. the big. I think we hit the big stories. Yeah. Well, we will do it one more time for this season on Sunday night, and then we'll just roll on with some other stuff. And then the next season is going to start right before you know it. We'll be back in Napa sipping wine at Silverado. Uh, for now, big thanks to producer Josh as all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.